Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. The Showdown Podcast with Corey and Vic. A debate on what movie is better, Corey's choice versus Vic's choice. They each plead their case and try to destroy the others. It's a combat of subjective opinion. I'm Brad Scott, your impartial judge, and as always, my say is final. with the Make-A-Wish Foundation presents the Make-A-Wish episode featuring Patrick the Blind Guy. Today's combatants, Cornea Miller with his movie Hear No Evil, See No Evil and his opponent, Seeing Eye Vic Miller and his film The Book of Eli. I'm your host, Brad Scott. Let's get ready to see this podcast, or not see this podcast. Alright, that's right, we are blinded by the light. I don't know how anyone would ever see any of our podcasts. That was awful, I should have written that part of the intro out. I did not, we are... uh... So it makes us guilty for letting you do it? Yes. Well, makes you guilty because you're black. No, well, uh, we are we are very excited to be joined by one of a uh, a friend of the show and a longtime listener, and uh, we were honored because I mean most people when they fulfill a make a wish choose to go to Disney World or to meet Andrew Luck and Patrick Wheatley has chosen to be on the Showdown podcast. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, this is normally where we tell our entertainment creative friends that they have no career after being on this show. What do you do for a living, Patrick? Uh, not a whole lot. Good, because <laughs> you're going to be doing even less after your appearance on the Showdown Podcast. That's how it works. Perfect. We, we ruin lives and we damage careers. Uh, but thank you for being on the show, Patrick. We've known each other for quite a while. Um, and are you excited? Oh, yes. And... Uh, uh, we are doing two blind themes episodes. Patrick is blind, by the way. We're not poking fun at a handicap or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Um, so we're going to have plenty of blind jokes, and Patrick is in on it with us, so we want to make sure people don't think that we're just a bunch of dicks who are like, oh, let's go fuck with this blind guy. Uh, well, we for, do we do reference Patrick quite often. Actually. We do. As, as, our, as our one listener. He is. He's our... He's our 
so now we actually are going to have nobody <laughs> listening to the show. We're yeah, why would we listen to this one? Damn it. Uh, so All right, that's I'm, the end of our show. I might listen to it again. <laughs> so let's get into it. Uh, today we have the Book of Eli versus Hear, hear No Evil, See No Evil. Uh, is that right? Is it, yes. It's Hear No Evil, See No Evil. Not yes. See No Evil, Hear No Evil. It's See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Oh, so you, Ugh. Corey, you're off to a great start with, <laughs> with knowledge of your movie. I'm looking at it. So, yeah. um, so let's let's go to the uh, the coin flip. Siri, flip a coin. Oh, somebody's probably got a call. Uh, Vic, you chose tails, right? All right. Siri, flip a coin. It's heads. All right, Corey, you have the... Black uh, man can never win in this one. You have the decision. You can go uh, first or second. Um, I think I will go second. Second. So we're going to kick so, off. So you get to go, go figure. Yeah. Throw the black man in front of the fucking train. All right, Vic, tell us about Book of Eli. All right, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of how I saw this movie. So basically 30 years after... Uh, <laughs> we, I, I'm not even going to say Aaron Patrick's rundown of how he saw this movie. <laughs> A little bit differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Denzel wasn't the only dark thing I was looking at for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is an all-black cast. That's really good. I'm really happy with the way I was moving. Well, you know. I, that's, that's why I try to pick the movies that, are, that pertain to me. Did you guys know Mila black. Kunis was black? <laughs> <laughs> I never would have thought Gary Oldman was African-American. <laughs> seeing, not seeing Book of Eli. Okay, all right. So, Well, he did point. play serious black, so... He's, got, he's on the right track. That's true. So 30 years after the world turned basically to a wasteland after a nuclear war, uh, there is a lone road warrior uh, named Eli, played by Denzel Washington, who makes his way across the ruins of the United States, carrying the last hope for humanity. Um, and he is driven by a voice in his head that says, Go West, young man. And this voice tells him that you will be protected, you'll be safe, but you must get uh, this precious relic to the West Coast, to Sanctuary, um, in order to help reboot mankind in some way, shape, or form. Um, So he is kind of the last hope for humanity um, as far as he sees it, so he makes his way west. Um, This this movie's kind of like almost a pseudo-Western version of The Road War. Uh, where he um, comes across um, bad guys who are trying to rape, pillage, and steal anything that they can come across. Um, he gets pulled uh, pulled off on his trek by a honey trap. There's a chick on the ground, and she's like, oh, help me. You know, the wheel fell off of my fucking basket. I need some help. You need somebody to put it back on. He's the only black man in, the, in, in, in apparently the only black man that I saw in the fucking apocalypse. Um, so there's that. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I don't know. I haven't figured it out. There's not very many of them ever. There's like one, two black guys left in the zombie apocalypse. Apparently, if you if you watch certain movies, and for whatever reason, he uh, he survives and uh, and and moves on. But due to uh, his, I thought it was because see, black folk we don't do the apocalypse. <laughs> That's crazy white folk stuff. Black folk we don't do that. We just run away from it. 
We would just tip out our Colt 45. <laughs> Pull one out for cool. all the homies. Aren't they the first one to die? <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes a black man lives. This yes, movie coming out. We have proven that time and time again with LL Cool J and Buster Rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Never would have thought that any black man was going to survive. It would be those two. But hey, there you go. All right. Exactly. Nick, uh, so, uh, one of the best scenes in the movie uh, is right at the beginning of the movie. It draws you right in. Uh, there's a fight scene where he's. Like I said, he gets drawn in by this chick who said she needs help. She offers him food, offers him water. Um, but he's a little wary as to what's going on. And he literally smells something is wrong. And he calls out the fact that there are hijackers hiding behind these really bad uh, barriers to sucker people in to help this chick. And then they, they basically rob them. Um, they make the mistake of uh, of robbing Eli uh, when they walk up and they tell him, give me everything you have. I want all the stuff out of your pack. He uh, pokes him in the chest and Eli tells him, look, don't fucking touch me. You're going to lose your hand. And the guy's like, really? So he touches him again. Eli pulls out this fucking badass sword slash machete thing, cuts off dude's arm. You don't see where it comes from. It's like that. And dude's on the ground screaming, he cut off my arm, freaking the fuck out. There's six other guys standing there stunned trying to figure out what's happening. The guy's like, uh, uh, he's like, he'll kill And he's like, they're like, what the fuck did he just say? And they're like, um, I think, Eli goes, I think he's in shock. I believe he said kill him. He fades back into the darkness of this tunnel and you get this badass view of like a silhouette of him fighting six different guys, including this like 500 pound white guy with a diaper on and a chainsaw who he... Dispatches rather quickly, but I have to say that, that the dude with the chainsaw took like seven slashes with that sword before Eli had to cut off his arms to stop him. <laughs> and finally, stag up, stab him through the gut to end him. Um, so that dude was pretty damn So a tight. true story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Told from the black man's point of view. Um, <laughs> a fat man, as a personally, as a fat man, I can say we can take a lot of damage, so... Um, he goes back to the guy, the main hijacker, and the guy's like, who the fuck are you? And he just kind of gives him a hug and shoves his sword through him and ends him. Um, he moves on, ends up in a little town, little western town. He's trying to, uh, to make some trades because apparently everything is a barter system in the apocalypse, um, as we've seen time and time again. He uh, leaves some stuff with the guy to, to, to figure out how much he can get for it and what he can get for it and goes over to the bar in which you get another epic fucking fight scene. Like, this entire movie is just fight after fight after fight after fight. Um, and he's talking to this idiot at the bar who's pissed off because Eli shooed his cat off the bar. And the guy proclaims that the cat has more right to be on this bar than you do because he's lived here for over ten years. Oh, I thought he was just saying his cat is white. <laughs> right. Well, I think it was an orange cat, so either way. But, uh... <laughs> Eli's like, I, I, I didn't mean to, to disturb anybody. I'm sorry about your cat, whatever. Dude keeps accosting him. He bashes his head into the bar, explains to him, you know, leave me the fuck alone. He gets up to go away. The entire bar stands up after him. The entire bar stands up to, to, to go after him, and he massacres all of them, too. Like, it's a bloodbath. This dude cannot be beat. Um, the main, uh, what would he be, a protagonist or antagonist for the movie, uh, those fancy movie terms, is... Um, <clears throat> Man, what, bad guy? Yeah. Antagonist. Antagonist, yeah. So the man... Uh, listen, listen to Mr. Theater. 
The Transhagenist. All right, the antagonist. Victor. <laughs> you should know this. So the main antagonist, his name is Carnegie. It's played by Gary Oldman. Um, he sees the whole battle go down, and he's like, man, this dude, he, he knows his shit. But prior to eliminating all of his men in the bar, he starts spouting off gospel. And basically tells them, you fuck with me, you're going to die. And he kills all of them. So Carnegie is like, well, this guy's intelligent. I've been surrounded by these fucking buffoons for God knows how long. I want to talk to this guy. So he calls him up, has a conversation with him, tries to get him to, uh, to stick around. He doesn't want to. Uh, he proclaims that he's going to be moving on because he has, he has a mission. Um, and Carnegie, who has a blind, that's right, a blind girlfriend, who just happens to have a blind girlfriend. Um, who has a daughter who played by Mila Kunis. Um, he tries to get her to seduce, not the blind girlfriend, Mila Kunis, to seduce Eli to find out his secret because he knows he's hiding something. So he sends her over to uh, try to bed Eli, who refuses, and basically shares his food and water with her. He prays with her. She goes back. Well, you ain't going to try to tap that ass. There's a grid in here. Where's your mom? Well, you know, she got hooked on the D, and by D I mean Denzel. Uh, and as most women do, you can't find very many women out there who don't think Denzel is not shit. Uh, he goes back and tells Carnegie that he has no real secrets, or whatever. But she fucks up because then she goes and repeats the prayer that he gave, that he said over their meal with her mom, and he now knows that Eli is really an intelligent guy and actually may have what he wants, which is a actual Bible. And that is the secret that Denzel is keeping: is that he is carrying the last actual copy of the say, uh, was it the King James Bible? <laughs> Are you against religion as well as black people? <laughs> no, I'm just, I just that that's just a that's such a weak plot point. Ooh, he's got a Bible. You've you've lived through the apocalypse, and and the one thing you want is a Bible. It, it's. It doesn't say well, from okay. God. <laughs> Are you talking about Carnegie wanting the Bible? Yeah. Well, the main reason why, if you actually watch the movie, is Carnegie is living a, a bohemian lifestyle. He is the king of his world. Religion and any kind of intellect in his people would cause them to realize that he's not all that special. So he doesn't want that to get out to anybody. So he's trying to get it so no one else gets the same kind of insight that he's given him. But it's not like they're going to learn anything from it. It's not, they're not going to learn that he's he's pulling one over on them. There's nothing in there that's going to say that. What it's, in the Bible? Yeah, he spouted off literally. He spouted off the Bible right before he killed all of them. If someone actually took the time to learn what he what he what he actually knows, they could actually morality comes back into play. He brings uh, like some sort of you know a religious a religious group together, a bunch of people, zealots. Really easy to come by if you if you don't actually have an organized religion to follow. Like there could be all kinds of problems that were caused by Carnegie, but stopping them from actually getting that education or that information keeps him on top of everybody. That's why he wants it. I, I think it would have been better if he had like if he knew like had like a map or something to some underground water supply or something. He already has an underground water supply. He doesn't need that. He's got a watershed right behind his freaking town. I'm, I'm not saying water specifically, but I mean so you said water. I didn't mean that. That, that only thing, but if it were like anything that, that... If that was the case, we'd be watching, actually watching Road Warrior. That's the plot line. That's why they made a different movie about the apocalypse. Yeah. It, it's just, I just think, I think just him going after a Bible <laughs> is just a, is, is a weak plot point for them to try. It's not about the Bible. Stop thinking it's about the Bible and realize it's about the 
the lessons that people could learn from the Bible. That he doesn't want them to know morality. He doesn't want them to know about being good. He doesn't want them to know that information. So, so anyway, we move on. <laughs> I'm not sure who that was directed towards, but okay. So Eli escapes. He gets away. He doesn't want to, uh, obviously he doesn't want to give Carnegie his Bible. Um, Mila Kunis decides, I want to go with him. I'm tired of being stuck under this idiot I'm tired of the way he treats my mom, so she tries to take off with him. He realizes that trying to, that tagging her along with him is going to slow him down, so he locks her in a watershed that they actually have behind the town that they don't need a map for, and I'm looking at you, um, <laughs> Corey Miller. Um, and he locks her in there. He takes off. She escapes from there and basically tracks him down and follows him. She becomes a big fucking headache is basically what happens. She almost gets raped. They get attacked. They almost get eaten by cannibals. All this shit goes down. They just be almost <laughs> eaten by cannibals. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, damn, Eli, black women. Eli ends up having to play Captain Savaho a number of times during the course of this movie, um, in which point he, uh, uh, Carnegie catches up with them and basically um, says, I'm going to kill her if you don't give me what I want. And Eli says, fine. Like, I'm going to kill her. What? He said, I don't even know where I don't care. Yeah, well, that's what he would say, but he's Denzel, so he's not going to do that. So he uh, he says, fine, I'll give you what you want. He gives him the book. He gets shot for it because Carnegie's a dick and uh, leaves him to die out in the desert um, and takes off. Mila Kunis escapes again. She's like the great fucking Houdini. They can't keep this chick <laughs> locked up. She escapes, steals a car because she's learning from a black man, and drives back and gets Denzel and uh, and tries to help him get to... Uh, the West Coast, which they finally do. They drive until they hit uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, they then take a boat over to Alcatraz. It's a black man breaking into jail uh, to that's be safe. Be first. So that's you know that's a turn. That's a nice twist. Just breaking stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> he gets there and. Um... <laughs> He gets there and uh, he tells the guards that are all there. Um, there's an entire um, community living on Alcatraz. Um, come to find out that they are they have they've basically trying to save um, literature, art, music, all this stuff because the world's basically ended. They're trying to collect it all and bring it all to one place to try to to, to help humanity come back from the apocalypse, which apparently Corey does not want to happen because God forbid anyone should be educated. Um, so he gets there and you realize that he not only had that you think that it's over because he's lost the book, but when he gets there, he tells them that he has a copy of the, of the King James Bible. They let him in. He meets uh, Malcolm McDowell, who you like is uncredited in the movie, who actually pops up. He's a nice little fourth quarter uh, addition to the cast. And uh, he's the head of this group that's trying to save, um, you know, the arts and literature for the world. Um, and he figures out, he, he listens to Eli, and Eli actually has memorized the entire Saint, uh, the entire King James Bible, um, which is amazing considering how big that Bible is. Right. Um, <clears throat> he has memorized the entire thing, and he recites it back to him, and he transcribes the entire Bible. At the, end of the, at the end of the movie, you see him take an actual copy of the Bible, which they've been printing in the press at the, in, in, on Alcatraz, and puts it up on a shelf. Next to that is the Koran, the Torah, the Bible, um, a, lot of, a lot of books that they've obviously been either saving or transcribing. So there's been other people who have made this journey in some way, shape, or form. 
um, Eli dies, and you actually find out that the entire time Eli is blind. So not only is he blind, but he's a blind badass that can beat everyone's ass except for a bullet. So you can't really do anything about that. Um, Mila Kunis uh, takes up the mantle, puts on his backpack, gets his badass sword, heads back out into the wasteland. I'm assuming to go save her mother. Um, it would be my guest, but she takes off. Um, <clears throat> you find out that the, the best part is that uh, Carnegie, who thinks he's won, he thinks he's gotten everything he wants. He thinks he's in charge. Um, he goes and gets the Bible. He finally gets it open and realizes that the whole damn Bible is in Braille. <laughs> <laughs> so he did all this for something no one ever would have been able to read anyway. Um, but then he's like, oh, my bitch is blind. I'll have her read it to me. Everything's good. It's all good. And she's like, yeah, I don't know how to read Braille. <laughs> Can you read Braille, Patrick? No. Really? No. How long, have you been blind your whole life? Yep. And you just were like, ah, fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. You got audio books. Exactly. <laughs> In this day and age, you don't really need to have it. And, you know. <laughs> but um, overall, I mean, the movie to me, I, I really enjoy this movie. I've watched it over and over a number of times since I saw it the first time. Like I said, I like um, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic type movies. And to have a character um, in it, obviously it's a black man, but having a character in it that just, like, every time he gets into a fight, there's just epic battles. And it's not like he just, like, takes these guys down. Like, he fights them to the bitter end, and he's ready to die for what he believes in. And it's a, it's a great story. And Denzel Washington as, like, a, an action hero is not really... You see him in a lot of, like, cop movies and things like that where he's just... Oh, so didn't he kind of do that? Because Den, Den, Denzel used to be serious guy. Yeah. And very, yeah. you know, these these... Oscar nominated you know roles and then he starts doing Man on Fire yeah. and Equalizer then, Equalizer Equalizer yeah. he, that is that training is Black day. Schwarzenegger yes right <laughs> at least Training Day though was like you know that was kind of transition yeah, that, that, that was, was kind of transition transition is Denzel that's a transition him not giving a fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. is what it comes down to but uh, yeah I, I think it, it's 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 definitely worth watching or listening to in your case Patrick um, for for sure. the listen. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, that scene, the scene at the beginning is just great as far as uh, cinematically to me. Like the whole thing was shadowed. And a lot of another really interesting point um, to bring up is everybody in the in the in the movie wears sunglasses all the time because it's always like they're in the desert and it's I'm getting you're you're thinking it's because it's it's always bright out and you always see them wearing their glasses and. Obviously, if you don't know already that Eli is blind, then you just kind of think, because he wears glasses, but he takes them off, and he communicates with everybody. He you know, looks him in the eye, he turns, he does a lot of stuff that people traditionally don't think of blind people doing, or that they think blind people would do, but he doesn't do any of it. He doesn't, you don't really get the sense that he's actually blind. He doesn't bump into things. He doesn't have to like do anything to like, to like center himself, I guess, as much as I know about being blind other than the fact that I'm half blind, um, it, it, you just don't really notice that he would be a blind character until the end when they actually tell you that he's blind. They show you that he's blind. You know, you just think that he's this guy that walks around with sunglasses all around. Does that movie make you feel lazy, Patrick? Because you're like, fuck, Denzel's going across the country and sword fighting six guys at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even learned to read Braille. I'm, pa I'm pacing myself. Pace right, right, right. You'll get the Braille taken care of in the next couple of years, then you'll move on to sword training. Exactly. <laughs> and fixing the post-apocalyptic world. Exactly. Bringing back humanity. Um, 
The movie itself, like I said, it didn't re it didn't get super high ratings, um, but it did make a good amount of money. And when it came out, um, it came out it came out at second place at the end of the holiday weekend, which was um, during uh, January, right after uh, New Year's, against Avatar. You can't oh, yeah, yeah. really beat Avatar in sales box office, mm -hmm. but coming in second place to the, to to to. Uh, to uh, Avatar is pretty uh, admirable as far as as far as I'm concerned. Um, it got a 48% Rotten Tomato rating, which I don't think it deserved that. To me, it definitely deserved better than that. Um, but I'm a black man talking about a black man. Uh, he got an NAACP award uh, for his portrayal of Eli. Um, I know you're waiting to say something. I'm not saying Wait, go ahead, say it. No, you can't like giggle about that and not no, say it. Just, I'm just laughing at you having to dig deep for awards. Why don't you dig deep? Is that the National National Association for the Advancement of Colorless Pupils? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a blind award. Um, the Saturn Award. No one's immune to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good man that can actually do that to himself. Um, just to uh, stop your shenanigans, sir, um, the Saturn Award, the Saturn Award that we have all decided is one of our is is a very notable award. It's been given to a lot of the movies that we have uh, that we've talked about. Um, he was nominated for Best Actor for that as well as Best Makeup in the movie. So it's not like I had to reach real far for him to you know to see what 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 people thought about the movie. So yeah. you can bite me. <laughs> Better yet, <laughs> hey, uh, was it? Was there a lot of uh, uh, what would you what, what would you? It's post-apocalyptic. Mm -hmm. What's the word? Like somebody dies, but then uh, zombies. They... <laughs> God damn it, Corey. <laughs> It was you couldn't stop yourself, could you? Yeah, just yeah. fucking saw the joke coming, and then you're like, "I'm gonna step right on it, this motherfucker." You know what? You know what? Take your shoes off at the door because you got my joke all over the bottom of them. I don't want you getting them all over Patrick's carpet. Yeah. You know, if you wouldn't have said anything, it still would have played out fine. Anyway. We're gonna set a record for losing game show sounds. <laughs> But I'm not done. Oh, you're not up. done. No, we're not done. My final word is um, obviously Roger Ebert, who is one of the world's most noted critics, gave this movie a three out of four stars. Um, even though a lot of other critics, so a lot of other critics didn't think it was all that great. Someone that I feel is actually a very notable critic for movies, who actually talks a lot of shit about a movie if he doesn't like it. Thought that this was a pretty good movie, so he just thought it was pretty good. So uh, I felt sorry for the blind guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All right. So Corey, uh, tell us about see no evil, hear no evil. All right. So this movie uh, reunites Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor for a third time, and also uh, with director Arthur Hiller for a second time. Uh, Greatest comedy duo ever. I'm close to it. Who's who else is up there? Who else do you put on that well, Mount Rushmore? Well, I, I think and Farley and Spade. I think would be up there, even though really, really, really like what one or two movies. Two, they have two really, yeah, no, 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 they had more than that, didn't they? Yeah, 
Because I mean, they they did uh, what Tommy was it? Boy, Tommy Boy, and Black Sheep. Oh, is that it? Uh, wasn't he in? Uh, wasn't Spade so. in um, in uh, Beverly Hills Ninja too? If he was, I don't think so. If he I mean, they didn't was, play all the very team, small but... part. Um, you'd have to put Laurel and Hardy in there. You got to go classic because they put they did a lot. Well, they created comedy duos. Yeah, I think, if you were and that's well, why. That's why movie have... duo though. I'm yeah. talking about movie duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they did they movies. Did, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. the new okay, the oh, Hardy versus a little more modern. Oh, you want to go modern? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that that was your childhood. You were just describing. I would fix it. I, yes. <laughs> Will Ferrell is. I used to go watch Lauren Hardy or a nickel, and I'd get a popcorn and a soda with that as well. And uh, I used to ask Sally Jenkins, but I was court and I used to say anything back then. We didn't use that. I don't know why I made you a newsie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you were saying Will Ferrell. You go with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. How many movies have they they've done? Step Brothers, Talladega Nights. Nights. Is that it? Um, 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 um. Uh, God, there was another one too. I want to. Oh, shit, I can't remember. There was. I thought there was one other one. I think it was in. I think Welfare was in Walkard, but it was only like a small role. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm speaking. The movie is around. The yeah, movie. like well, Dan must... Aykroyd and uh, what uh, Dan Aykroyd and um... Belushi. Yeah, that's only one movie though. Isn't yeah, that's it? only one. What and Blue Brothers? The Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers? Well, yes, one set of just movies. One. <laughs> Yeah. No, just one movie. Was he not? No, he wasn't in the second one. Was he? No, he was no. dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you can. You can. Uh, I don't know how you can. Convince, <laughs> I don't know how you convince John, or, uh, <laughs> You know what? This, this, this is an extra one for you, Corey. <laughs> what do I do? I don't know how he's confusing Wolf. Uh, if, if Patrick John talks Goodman. over me when I'm putting the one finger up, I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Finally. <laughs> okay, so anyhow, uh, originally uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor were in Silver Streak and Stir Crazy, both very funny movies. And here we have them in a third movie, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, where uh, one of them... Uh, Richard Pryor is blind and Gene Wilder is deaf. And they witness a murder. Now, the police... Okay, let's... Let's... Let's start over. This movie is full of that let's start over, by the way. But... It, they, well, no. They witnessed... <laughs> Richard Pryor's character? The yep. blind guy witnessed mm-hmm. a murder. Yep. He heard it. Is witness... witness he heard, hearing? Yeah. He heard the gunshot. Gene Wilder. No, no, no. Let me ask you this: Are you just confident for your argument, or do you actually no. know that witness can refer to sight and hearing? Because I'm googling it now. I don't, so, think, I don't think you can count hearing as as witness. A witness. Hey, let's look at it. Witness. All right, go for it. Because it's hearsay. This, Literally, the, the this is this is what I love <laughs> about doing this like doing the live <laughs> version of this show is. Corey was so confident. Did you see him over there? Did you well, see no. his chest pop Patrick out a little did. bit? I know no. you did. I know you did. But you he was he was, right. the, oh, he was the cock of the walk. He was the big rooster. So let's read the, uh, the Google uh, definition of witness. A person who sees an event, typically a crime or an accident, take place. Here's the other... Uh, here's the other definitions, like the, the synonyms. Observer, onlooker, <laughs> spectator, viewer, 
watcher, or my favorite? Eyewitness. <laughs> and hold on, what is it called when someone hears something in the court of law? Hearsay, which is not admissible as proof to anything. <laughs> no one's immune, Vic. No one's immune. But no, it's true. So, so here, here's how it should have been worded. These two gentlemen, Richard Pryor being blind, Gene Wilder being deaf, uh, become suspects in a murder which occurred in their midst. But they weren't suspects. So that's what uh, actually yeah, yes, they were. That's why they go to jail. That's why they're in one running. of the funniest sequences of the whole film. You sure you've seen this movie? <laughs> <laughs> when the blind guys ask you if you've seen the movie, you damn sure know there's a problem. So anyway, as IMDb says, let's look past a murder. Let's look past that. <laughs> Because that's what I was reading. They witness a murder, and the cops were the cops don't think that they are viable witnesses. Don't look behind the green curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so they're let go. But the man behind the killing does not want to let that go and, and wants to have them killed. So he spent the the man behind it, being played by Kevin Spacey, wants to to have both these guys killed. So they spend the entire time trying to get away and avoid being killed. Um, as I said before, this is the third time that these guys have been together and they are just together. They're just comedy. That's comedy gold. They're ab- absolutely hilarious in whatever they do. They get it. At one point, um, they're getting in a fight with somebody and, or Richard Pryor is getting in a fight with somebody. And since he can't see them, Gene Wilder has to stand behind him. And Which is ridiculous in itself. The guy that can see sees that this dude, the blind guy, is about to get punched. Instead of stepping in front of him and fighting for him, he's like, punch. Right. Let, why didn't he just fight for him? Because it's funnier and this is a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Bad no. fucking story. No, 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 no. So here's the funny thing. I will say this. Patrick and I have done that a few times. So, yeah, it's, not as, it's not as uncomfortable as you think. Yeah, I'm just standing by and going, Patrick, three o'clock! It's, it's, a little, it's a little harder than what, than what it looks. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this because I yell, Patrick, three o'clock, and he'll check his fucking watch. Yeah, <laughs> Which is not a braille watch, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> he hits the button, it says, three o'clock. He's like, where am I supposed to go with this? Um... This script was actually uh, given to Gene Wilder uh, two times, and he turned it down both times. And finally, they gave it to him a third time and said, rewrite it with you and Richard Pryor in mind. So he agreed to do it, and and that's why you got got what... Uh, okay, so here's my problem with this movie. Here's my problem with this movie. Together, those two are comedy gold, like you said. The problem is, is it's too... It's it's just like a repeat of them doing the same thing over and over again in a different setting. Like there, it doesn't change enough. There's like they're just two guys that are whatever salt of the earth, f- physically handicapped in some way, shape, or form that are are tri- tripping their way through all of this craziness that literally would almost be impossible for them to do. And throughout the movie, there's so many screw ups where like. Richard Pryor is not actually blind, obviously, but he does He's things. Not. <laughs> Black men can't be blind, except for. Oh, no, you mean like the actual like because Richard Pryor is not blind. 
I thought you were saying like his character was. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, it's he's because he's not blind. He doesn't do things. He doesn't. It doesn't even seem like he researched it because literally, like he's blind, but he's using visual cues throughout the entire movie as to things that are going on. Like they swing something at him, and he ducks with no anyone saying, "Hey, duck." Because he can hear it. Oh, come on, man. Hearing is on top of that, advanced. I'm giving you the hand. On top of that, there's situations where Gene Wilder, who can hear, okay, but I mean, sorry, who can see but can't hear, and who specifically says, I need to read people's lips, is taking audible cues from people when he's doing things that he can't see them, like looking through a pair of binoculars and then answering a question that's asked of him. Like, it's ridiculous. There's okay, so many so things, and the entire movie. No, 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 the entire movie they do this, and it's not even necessarily that it's a goof because it doesn't even come up as a goof. It's just things that you notice in the movie that don't make any sense. If we want to talk about goofs, we can talk about goofs like silly stuff, like the fact that he's wearing knee pads and and fucking uh, waist waders in in the swamp, and you can tell that he has them on when he's walking through. That's that's a goof. Just the fact that the bad, you know, bad acting to me is so. ridiculous. If they hadn't done something like, okay, so say they hadn't made them um, so that there was like an actual, okay, Richard Pryor is is a dirty motherfucker. And for him to be this nice, sweet, is out of character for him? He's, what if they hadn't made him an actual, like, oh, because he's edge. an actor. No, hold on. <laughs> what if they hadn't given him an edge? He actually isn't. If you, like, he's, he's a grump. He's a grumpy blind guy who's kind of bitter at the world that he's blind. That's kind of the impression you give from, especially with his sister. I, like when he refuses her help in a hilarious scene where he's walking across the street and then uh, gets led into the truck. Which obviously you should probably argue this for this fight for him. Because <laughs> none of this stuff is coming back from him. It's it's well, coming from you. So no, I'm gonna say something else too. Richard Pryor. Uh, he went to the Braille Institute to learn how to use a cane correctly. Okay, so but he was getting, he not, was getting into this role. That this does not say that does role. not. He was getting deep into this character. This because he went to learn how to use a cane. Yep. I'm talking about anybody who's just, just like, like oh, I'll, just, I'll just wing it. I'll just like that. Gotcha. That's probably <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> what would happen though if in a situation where people are like. We're trapped in this burning building. The only way out is to put in the code, but it's the buttons are in braille. <laughs> Wait, how you guys? guys. Uh, Sorry, guys. <laughs> do you have the audio book? that I could possibly use in this situation. <laughs> it'd be nice if we had someone that knew braille. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Patrick was a blind man. <laughs> but he never learned to read Braille. I guess he didn't find much use for it anyways. <laughs> Until now. That's why Morgan Freeman do a Patrick's heroic movie. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good Morgan Freeman. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll work on that trailer next week. Um, no, I, uh... This movie just... Anyway, getting to my point, this movie is just hilarious... And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's a little older, probably a little bit harder to find, but it's definitely worth it because it's just so damn funny. And I, and honestly, I don't know. I might put it up there between that and Stir Crazy. I don't know which one I, I, I think is better than two. I kind of lean towards this one, but Stir Crazy is still funny as well, too. It's commercial. 
official time for the Showdown Podcast. Corey, where can the people find you? You can nope. join uh, our guest, Patrick. Patrick, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at a Crosswalk Waiting for the Beach. All right, Corey, give the people your uh, contact information there. No, find- just kidding. Where can people find you? You can find me online at MillerKing51 as well as Black and Angry. That's BLAQ and Angry on Xbox One. All right, I'm sorry, Corey. Go ahead. All right. You can go right after Brad Scott, Indie Brad Scott, on Twitter and Instagram, bradscottcomedy.com. All right, Corey. Just jokes aside, go ahead. Where can the people find you? Really? Go ahead. Are we, are we, are we uh, go ahead. All right. You can find me. Ah, I'm just kidding. The Showdown Podcast is on Twitter, at The Showdown Pod, and we also have a Facebook page. Give us a like. Somebody should. All right, Corey. Where can the people find you? I don't want to. All right. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are uh, we are back, and um, the we have, we have made our decision, right, Patrick? Yes, we have. So, uh, as is customary on the show, we like to honor and respect our guests. So, we're going to let you go first. Tell us who you are giving the win to and why. I'm going to give it to Vic. You. Because I love Hear No Evil, See No Evil. It was just a pretty bad fight. <laughs> <laughs> so Vic has one vote. And uh, I'm not going to lie. This one. So here's the thing. See No Evil, Hear No Evil is one of my all-time favorite movies. It was... Uh, How is the fuck do you always manage to pick these movies? <laughs> like, it what went, the hell? Because I pick good movies. I believe in my... Uh, my letterbox, the D, on my list, I believe it's like in my top 20 or top 30. He's just going to your fucking letterbox D and picking movies. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is well, I've lost my songwriter in, in, in his gloves. So, no, here's, here's the... Well, he also... Yeah, he, what was the one... Uh, oh, no. We can't talk about that. Yeah. It's an episode that hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Um, Thanks. So, <laughs> Spoiler. So here's the thing. So here's the Like I said, see, see No Evil, Hear No Evil is one of my all-time favorite movies. I think Richard Pryor and... Um, Gene Wilder. And Gene Wilder together. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, on-screen comedy duos. They're yeah, so they funny. Everything about every movie they do is just centered around humor, which is what I love. There's no heart to the story. You know, there's no there's no real moral. Like, cause these guys aren't good guys. They just happen to find... They're just two shitty guys that find each other <laughs> and help each other through and make it. Um, but yeah, Corey, I'm not even sure if you were arguing the same movie. I think you might have been arguing for See No Evil starring Kane. Um, because because that, that, you, you just, oh, Corey, Corey, Corey. See No Evil. You just, you, the argument was so bad. It, it, you didn't even, you didn't bring up the, like, it's to me, honestly, the fact that, that, uh, that Rotten Tomatoes has it at 18%. That would have hurt me. Why would I bring that up? Um, However, because, I brought mine up, and mine was only forty-eight percent. Well, and no, here's how it helps you because the audience, I believe, is like seventy-two percent. Yeah, it is. So the disparity <laughs> shows that while critics, yeah, aren't going to get the movie necessarily, people love that movie. So Vic Undisputed is this episode's champion, and believe me, I I I was pulling for you, which hurt me to do that okay i, w- I want to blame my loss on the stupid lady at family video 
Um, I I went in there and I said, uh, "Excuse me, do you have uh, hey, no Grandpa Paul? Yeah, hey, Grandpa Paul. Uh, do you have see no evil here? Hold on. Hold on. One what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God. What did you just say, Vic? <laughs> well, I'm not gonna repeat it now, so I can get fucking blasted. <laughs> He wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> well, I thought surely during Corey's story, nobody's going to yeah. drop a bomb. But, oh, Lord. Okay, go ahead. So you're so actually anyway, in the video. So anyway, I, say, uh, I said, I, ha- I have a feeling I know the answer, but do you have, do you have see no evil? Hear no evil. She, she starts looking and she says, well, we have see no evil too. I'm like, that's not even the same. That's not even the same genre. Why would you offer me that movie? You know why she would offer you that movie? Why is that? Because she makes fucking seven twenty-five an hour, and she could give a fuck less about your award-winning podcast. That or what genre of that movie is from? It's a family. She's she's basically looking around in a dying wasteland of a business, and knowing that she she's there to make fucking seven twenty-five an hour. I think Family Video needs to uh, reevaluate who. How much would that have cost you to rent, by the way? Uh, probably like two bucks. Two bucks? Yeah. You could have spent three more and went and bought it at Best Buy with the 80 that they have in those $5. Yeah. Which is literally, bins. which is ironically directly behind Best Buy. Family Video is right behind Best Buy. Yeah, but I wasn't at that one. I was thinking about that one. Yeah. He probably goes to some weird family video where maybe like. And where is there another? That's the only one I know of. They don't allow. They still college. exist. Yeah, <laughs> there's one on Madison and uh, Epler. Okay, then. Yeah. For those of you on the south side of India, you know where exactly where I'm talking about. Yeah, and also for those of you that are over the age of 30. <laughs> Anybody under 30 is going, what the fuck is a family video? Um, so to help his argument, yeah. mine only got a 64 rating. I don't care. I'm going to grind it in. I like your argument, sir. That's why I said you should have been arguing this fight. Oh, I would have. Because I didn't even I, think about looking at that part. I would have won. Yeah, I didn't even think about looking at that He's part He's just of happy it. you finally won. So, um, let's... I've won before, Will. So let's get into... Uh, Actually, I think I've got the first two in a row now. Because we've been going back and forth the entire time. No, I don't think you do, Vic. No? Because none of these episodes one? are numbered. So... It doesn't matter. God knows what happened on the last one. <laughs> Vic... This one may not have even air. Shut the fuck up, Vic. <laughs> Since I edited it, you're it pulling down the fourth wall, Vic. Son of a bitch. Something like that. Close that curtain, Vic. They're peeking behind. <laughs> so, um, let's, uh, let's talk about... Uh, I mean, because in a way, I think Patrick is a superhero to our audience now. Uh, just the, the toils he goes through, uh, being blind and trying to get as drunk as he does every night. It is... <laughs> this man can drink, by the way. It, it's pretty easy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he just picks. He, anytime if Patrick's a little low on funds, he just pulls that cane out and uh, just wanders around up to the bar and goes, "I'm sorry, I must have left my wallet somewhere." <laughs> well, I'm also buying drinks left and right. I'm thinking it's probably good too because if the cops ever walk up to you and ask you if you're intoxicated, you're like, "No, I'm just blind." <laughs> can you That's why I'm stumbling, sir. Can you walk a straight line? Well, no, I can't. <laughs> That's I a great defense I don't even know what it looks like. That is a fucking awesome defense mechanism. Uh, but uh, let me ask you this. What do you think of uh, Daredevil as, as a character? Because he's uh, the blind superhero. I, I love the TV show on Netflix. That was, that was great. And Corey, for, you're for a big fan of the Netflix show, right? Yeah, that, I think that show is... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great show. The, the one... The fight scene... I think it was the 
fifth episode, I think, where it's just one shot and he's going through like four different, it's one hallway and he's just going through all these different rooms, just kicking each other, everybody's ass, and in one shot, it's what? Which, well, who was he fighting? It wasn't like it was like just like, just like, like no, okay. just like random. No, it was just, just random. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, that was such, it was such a great scene, and the whole the whole series is, is just great. And I can't wait for the second series or season because uh, they'll have Punisher, which is my second favorite character in the Marvel yeah, universe. That should be good. Yeah, the, the, they did a phenomenal job with that show. Like for Marvel has obviously the the, the capacity to make anything great, but. Like, they went into such detail with that character and the way that they portrayed him to make him true to character to the comic books. Like, anyone that reads those comic books can see, like, exactly where they came from. And, like, almost, like, scripted pieces of the comic books are in there to, to draw in the people that, that love that comic series. It's, like, flawless. I wasn't even... I didn't even really know a whole lot about Daredevil until I watched this. And as I'm watching it, they're mentioning characters. And I'm looking them up on Wikipedia trying to figure it out. And I'm understanding everything. So so that was kind of neat. And uh, so I bet you Ben Affleck's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves the show, but nobody well, likes it. I think Ben movies. Affleck's going to be okay, yeah. considering he's... <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's now Batman. He's a new Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah his, his Daredevil, his that movie. I haven't watched it since it came out. And that may be something we have to watch... Uh, there's, there's no need to. <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's go ahead and peek behind the curtain here. The whole fucking point of us talking about Daredevil, aside from Patrick being blind, <laughs> was because Corey wanted to set up the segue going from Daredevil into the new trailer for Dawn of Justice. Which I really thought I did. Which I did too as well. A good job to segue. We, 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 we said, I, I thought you were setting up the segue by saying, oh, you know, Ben Affleck's got to be pissed because he was Daredevil. We said, well, he is the new Batman. I know. Corey, Corey, Corey goes, yeah, it's just really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you kept on that segue go. Well, I wasn't done with Daredevil. We could have still kept talking about Daredevil, but all right, fine. Well, uh, I do kind of find it funny that the first audio descriptive show on Netflix is Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this new trailer. For, uh, for Donna Justice. For Donna Justice. Brad, what did you think since this is the first time you saw it? <laughs> it was a, I, I watched it before we recorded, and... Um, I'm actually, like, it, it kept my interest in wanting to see the film. It didn't deter me. Now, I know this is an unpopular opinion. Um, you guys felt it gave away too much. Right. Uh, my my belief, with, or not my belief, my, my opinion that is, I don't think I know enough. Because I'm a big comic book fan, and I love comic book movies, and I think I've seen most to all of them. But I don't follow the comics. I don't know the storylines ahead of time for these movies that they're based off of. Mm. So I don't. I didn't. I didn't know who Doomsday was. Right. Um, I think that, and that's that's kind of the the real telling thing too. Is like for the average watcher who is actually you know where they're going to get a lot of their money from. Obviously, also, mm-hmm. it's still that trailer didn't do enough to dissuade you or to cause any. Well, yeah, I'm mainstream. I didn't know enough yeah. about to know anything had been ruined. For right. Me. Right. Because I assumed when they called it Dawn of Justice. That, yeah, while it's Batman versus Superman, they're going to be teaming up by the end of the movie. I assume that. So to me, that right. wasn't spoiled by seeing Doomsday. You know, I wasn't like, oh, well, I thought one of them was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, for, from someone who, who knows the story and, follow, and follows the comic to a point, um, which DC is not my favorite, you know, comic book pro- provider, but 
it's the my big problem with it is knowing the storyline and the backgrounds. It kind of kills off some of the the excitement because I didn't know. I didn't know that Doomsday was going to be that a, a part of the the, the storyline. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, and they just kind of spoiled that for me, being someone who knows who Doomsday is and what happens, what Doomsday does. Like that's kind of like I would rather have not known he was going to be in it and been surprised. Like, oh, cool, Doomsday's in this. Yeah, yeah. it would have been great. Yeah, when you're seeing it for the first time in the theater, it's like. Oh shit! You know, <laughs> and to to see that that's that's better than just seeing the trailer. Go, oh fuck! Well, I mean, I should ask. Do you think it's because the the executives and studio heads and all that? Do you think they look at it as they're trying to get my dollar, and they assume they already have yours? No, I don't think so. No. Because because you don't know who that character is, and you're like, so what? So so me not knowing who that character is goes. Oh, that's a cool-looking thing. But did that make you want to see the movie more than you saw it from the other trailers you saw? No, but I'm saying, do you think they're doing that to say to try to get those other people who may have been on the fence and aren't, you know, right. died Superman? What more do you really need? I just don't think they needed to. This was this the third, third or fourth trailer they've put out. Well, it's, it's the fourth it's visual they put out. One, it's, it's it's actually the third trailer they've put out. But it's the it's for them to like. They just keep adding more, and I think, and, and they're not the only ones that do this. I think a lot of movies Every are just going way too far with putting like four or five trailers out there for it doesn't really see the I don't see the purpose. But see, well, because people want as much content as they can get before they actually see. It. That's ridiculous, though. No, but see, but I, I agree. No, I agree, and I'm the same way. I don't read spoilers about WWE on the day of Raw. I don't read, you know, I try not to read spoilers of movies I'm going to see. I like to I like to get that surprise and everything else. I think the the trailer that they had out before this, where you see Batman and Superman really going at it, and you, you're, you're left going, I don't know what's going on in this film, but I like it. Because, because you don't know what's going on. With that whole first trailer, I thought that that Superman was not really Superman, but it was Bizarro. Because, because just because of the way he was acting towards Batman, but obviously I'm totally wrong by now by because of, because of this new trailer. And then you know I already knew Wonder Woman was going to be in it, so that was no big no big deal. But then you see you see uh, Doomsday, and it's like, oh okay, the only people we haven't seen yet, but we then we know that are in it are Flash and Aquaman. So how are they figuring into this? Well, I'm hoping they're not going to put another trailer out there to... I mean, we the, know... We, yes. Yeah. At least leave that as a... Spo- uh, uh, you how know, leave that to, do it, yeah. Leave that for the, for the big screen. Don't put it in the trailer. That way we are at least surprised by something. Okay, so my, my, other, my other thing with that, and mind you, I'm going to see this movie several times, I'm sure, but my other problem with it is I don't like how they portrayed... Like, when the, first, when the first one came out, they had all the question marks. You thought Riddler was going to be a big portion of this. You know, and, and that character is a really good character for the storyline. Because it's not, he's not a superhero. He's an intellectual that's going you after... Are you talking about Lex Luthor? No, no, I'm talking about the Riddler. The character of the Riddler. If you watch the first couple trailers, there's big question, question marks. Question marks, yeah, yeah. So you, like, my mind said, oh, Riddler's going to be in this. This is going to be good. But they never showed him. Yes. They haven't said he's going to be in it. There are several characters that were in the IMDb listing that were not that didn't have who they were going to be. So I'm going, oh, Riddler could be in this, but now I know it's Doomsday. Okay, but let me answer this. But but you didn't know Doomsday was a part of this. No, I didn't. But so how? Okay, so how do you know that they're not giving you Doomsday 
Because they're like, ah, oh, but we got so much other shit. Doomsday is such a huge, huge character in the storyline. That'll be a distraction or yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, that's... You, you can't... It's, that's like, you know, if you think of this movie as a stew, and you're throwing in Superman, Batman, Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Doomsday, Lex Luthor, if you're throwing in Riddler and Joker, too, who's who has was teased in the first trailer, that's a lot of stuff. You're, th- you're throwing all your eggs into this one basket, and... It's gonna be so bogged down. I, I think that they're doing, they're trying way too much for this first movie. Throw, you know, maybe one Spider Man, the Spider Man two and three is a good example because you've got not one bad guy but two in each of those, and everybody hated it because it's like there's so much focus on one and not enough on the other. They could have just done them separate. <laughs> Well, you got and, Rhino is horrible, <laughs> but I'll not, keep that to myself. No, I'm talking about with Sandman and, oh, okay. and Venom. You yeah, know, that was, like, a, that was the third one. Yeah, that was, yeah. So it's that's terrible. Yeah, so it's like don't put so much in, into one because then you're taking away focus from the other ones, and you know it's it's just the plot can just go so many different directions, and it'll leave you going. It'll leave you wondering what could have happened if you didn't have so many characters in it. Well, I'm just for me, it's just a matter of I'd like to have a little bit of something to look forward to. Like if I had have known that he was in it when he came on screen, I would have been that much more elated to be watching that movie if I didn't already know that he's going to be in it. And then on top of that, there were a bunch of little things in there. Like um, Doomsday has these little demon spawn things that he controls. And they were in there, but they had masked them so well as to not really notice that that's what they were. Now that I know Doomsday is in it, I know what those things are. As opposed to me going, man, I really want to see what those things are. Because I saw them, and I was interested in what they were, but now I know what they are. I'm not interested in that anymore. Like, uh, it just it kills, some of the, it kills some of the excitement for me. I don't know enough of the Superman folklore, uh, and you might know more than I do. Um, but Kevin Smith was talking about the guards. There were some guards that were in this. That he thought, I forget what he what he said. They were another creature from the Superman universe too, mm. but there's no uh, there's no confirmation on whether or not that is. Um, but just based on based on something that, that that they were wearing, and so even with this whole trailer, that could then that's just another another evil character that they're throwing in there. So another DC thing is coming out. We have uh, the uh, the Suicide Squad. Arguably, watching the different things about the Suicide Squad, I'm not really that interested in the movie because it kind of seems. I, I that's one of the that's one of the DC stories that I do really enjoy, and it just seems like they've they've gone too weird with it, and they've changed so much of the the base of what that storyline is that it's just kind of, I don't know. I'm not sure how I'm gonna how I'm gonna like that movie. You mean like Will Smith being Deadshot? Well, not even not well. <laughs> yeah, that that too bothers me a lot, but um, like. When you when I watched it, like I don't like the way that they went with with the Joker in it, like, and I know that's how they portray him in the storyline, but I, that, that's one of the things I like about it. But they haven't put out a lot about it, so I still kind of have well, like, like eight nine months away. Yeah, but I still have kind of like an inkling of wanting to know what they're planning to do with this movie. I haven't been spoiled yet because they haven't put out five freaking trailers. Right. Okay, but but let me ask you this though: but is that on them or is that on you? If you're wanting to avoid spoilers, perhaps you shouldn't have watched the new trailer. Especially if you saw people leaking that. When I watched the, tra- the first two trailers, it was pretty much a reorganization. When the first trailer came out, I was like, cool, trailer. Trailers are supposed to, you're supposed to watch trailers. It tells you a little bit about the story, and you get to see what they're doing. So the second one comes out, 
I watched it, and it's pretty much the same as the first one, just kind of reorganized. So you're thinking that they're recycling the trailers. Then they go, oh, there's a new trailer for the Superman movie. I'm like, okay, let's see how they recycle this one. And then they're like, hey, motherfucker, here's Tuesday yeah. for you. Have fun. I'd see you later. <laughs> you know, a trailer is... I'm sure there's a lot of trailers out there that include spoilers that, you know, when you watch it the first time or even the second time, you don't realize they're spoilers until you watch the movie. Like, shit, they give that away in the trailer. Mm-hmm. This one, you know... Before even watching the movie, that's a damn story. I've warned people. Like, I've warned friends of mine. Like, you're going to be mad. Don't watch that trailer. Like, do not watch this new trailer. I, I still think they have another trick up their sleeve. I think there's a reason that they're giving that out. Because, I mean, again, there has to be a... a there has to be... What, what do you think is the reason that they did it? Well, there's a lot of characters in DC. A lot of really bad characters and a lot of really good ones. There's a lot of really good bad guys in the movie, too. But if they put them all in this first movie, what are they leaving for the rest of the thing? I mean, obviously, they're leading towards a Justice League movie, okay. So that means that they're also leading towards all of the other bad guys that make up the Legion of Doom. Which they're putting everybody out there already. Like, you have to leave something for the next movie. Like, what what are they doing? It depends on how much they show of each of them, right? My hope is that, like, with Doomsday, they do something quick with him and get him off screen. Obviously, don't kill him, but save him, you know, for the Justice League movie or something else down the road. But just, you know, maybe maybe the whole plot doesn't revolve around him. You know, hopefully, the, you know, maybe this is all in the first act of the, of the movie, and then there's a bigger bad guy, you know, in the end. Uh, hopefully, Lex Luthor isn't the bigger bad guy for the whole movie. It's all piss me off. <laughs> yeah, too. And, and, and that's, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, and that's something else too. I, I wasn't real. I, I don't really like his interpretation of Lex Luthor. Yeah, and you there's there's a lot of like kind of weird, like the way people say say for is for instance. Um, the Flash TV show. They had Vandal Savage just has come into the TV show. And that character, that character, the way that he played him, in the, in the comic books, Vandal Savage is like a seven-foot-tall, gigantic, hulking guy that originally was a caveman. And he's immortal. He's lived through, every, like, up to present time. Who's this? Vandal Savage. No, who is this? Um, what do you mean, who is it? I don't know who that character is. Vandal Savage is, is the immortal guy that's always trying That's always trying to, yeah, uh, I'm not too familiar to stop with the Flash. Flash. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. But he's this, he's, he's been, he is literally like, Vlad, he's, he's who Vlad the Impaler, he's, he's Genghis Khan's, you know, chief advisor, he was uh, Alexander the Great, like, all the characters through history that were great military minds and conquerors were actually Vandal Savage over the years in the storylines. Mm-hmm. They use a character for him that's not really imposing, doesn't really look like him, but this dude does a great interpretation of Vandal Savage. Like, he took the character, and yeah, he had to modify it to fit him, but this character for Lex Luthor doesn't even halfway seem like it, it's, he's, he's tried to make him into something resembling Lex Luthor. He actually reminds me of the Riddler more yeah. than Lex Luthor. Yeah, and I've heard that, I've heard that elsewhere too, and, and the first time I saw it, I didn't really, I didn't really make the connection, but once, after seeing the trailer, or hearing the trailer for the second time, I, I could totally hear it, it's yeah. totally Riddler, the way he would act, but... We'll see how we'll see how things come out. Hopefully everything. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we're wrong. About it's a whole it. other episode. In the future. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Showdown Podcast. Remember, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate, review, or do both on whatever platform you are listening to. 
uh, really helps out. Make sure you click like on the Facebook page. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. For Vic Miller. Goodbye. Patrick the Blind. Yes. And Corey the Racist. I am Brad Scott. We'll see you next time.